SAFM Sports Wrap. SFM South Africa's news and information leader. Hello and welcome to SFM Sports Wrap. This is a Monday edition. What a weekend of uh, football, sport and all sorts of intriguing matters we've seen. Now, there have been uh, a couple of moments that really uh, made our hearts stop. Ryan Mason, uh, I, what, a, what a clash of heads, skull fracture. Uh, I'll bring you some news about his condition uh, now for the uh, the Hull City man. We'll also talk a little bit about the Africa Cup of Nations coming up on the show tonight as it hits half past six. Uh, I've got a special guest in studio. We'll also c- catch up with Thomas Quinaita, who is in Gabon for the Africa Cup of Nations, ahead of Zimbabwe's all-important tie against Tunisia tonight. And uh, we'll continue to bring you coverage of the Australian Open, the year's first Grand Slam tournament. That's uh, down in Melbourne Park. Chris Bowers is down there. We'll bring you that report in just a moment. In fact, let's get into sports news before we start the show proper uh, football news the Africa Cup of Nations switching focus to Group B tonight as Tunisia Algeria and Zimbabwe battle to join Senegal in the quarterfinals top of the group Senegal who have six points from two games face an injury hampered Algeria side that will be missing goalkeepers Rais Mboli and Hilal Sudari and a fitness doubts over defender Rami Bensebaini good news for Algeria is that midfielder Yassine Brahimi striker Islam Slimani and defender Mohamed Mefta should all be available despite having been restricted to only light training sessions meanwhile Zimbabwe and Tunisia can both still reach the quarterfinals and uh, meet at the Stade d'Agonje. The Warriors drew their first game with Algeria but lost to Senegal in the second game while Tunisia claimed a win over Algeria after their loss to Senegal. Further afield, Hull City has released a statement indicating Ryan Mason is conscious and has been speaking about the incident in which he fractured his skull during yesterday's game at Chelsea. The 25-year-old midfielder clashed heads with Blues defender Gary Cahill 13 minutes into the Premier League match. He was taken to London's St Mary's Hospital where he had surgery. Meanwhile, Sunderland defender Papi Djilaborj has been charged for an alleged act of violent conduct in an incident involving West Brom's Darren Fletcher. Senegalese's arm appeared to make contact with Darren Fletcher's face in the 86th minute of his side's 2-0 defeat at the Hawthorns on Saturday. Tennis news, we're into the business end of this year's first Grand Slam, the Australian Open. Tennis correspondent Chris Bowers filed this report from Melbourne Park. Strange as it may have seemed at the start of this Australian Open, we could well be heading for another Federer-Nadal final. After Roger Federer's passage to the quarterfinals over Kane Shikori yesterday, Rafael Nadal has made it to the last eight with a hard-earned four-sets win over the flamboyant Frenchman Gael Monfils. It means Nadal has played nine sets in his last two matches, and for someone who hasn't played a lot of tennis in recent months, that may start to count against him. But he has a day to recover before facing the big-serving Canadian Milos Raonic on Wednesday. The other men to complete the quarterfinal lineup were David Goffin and Grigor Dimitrov, who will also face off on Wednesday. In the women, Serena Williams had her toughest match of the tournament so far in beating the 16th seed Barbara Streetseva, and she now faces the informed Britain Johanna Conta in the pick of the women's quarters. But for human interest, Miana Lucic-Baroni takes the prize. The 34-year-old Croat is through to her first Australian Open quarterfinal after many years of injuries, financial problems and family dramas. In her post-match on-court interview, Lucic-Baroni advised anyone facing seemingly insurmountable challenges to plough on regardless, and if she didn't quite say it that diplomatically. Chris Bowers for SAFM Sport, Melbourne. That's one way of putting it, Chris Bowers. Uh, cricket news, A.B. de Villiers returns as player and captain to the Proteus squad for the five-match ODI series against Sri Lanka. Chris Morris, who also missed the famous clean sweep series against Australia last year, also returns to the squad following injury. It's the first time the duo has been in action in ODI cricket since the tri-series against the West Indies in Australia in the middle of last year. Fast bowlers Dale Stane and Mornay Morkel could not be considered owing to injury, while fellow fast bowler Lungi Ngiri is in line to win his first cap in this format. Meanwhile, Sri Lankan skipper Angelo Matthews is said to fly home from South Africa after 
after twisting his ankle during the second T20 International. Sri Lankan board said in a statement that Matthews had been granted permission to return home after injuring himself during his team's victory during his starring role in yesterday's win. He had two sixes in the last over to hand Sri Lanka a series levelling three-wicket win in the three-match T20 series. Just finally for you, early hours of this morning, the New England Patriots recorded a record ninth Super Bowl with, uh, reached a record ninth Super Bowl rather with a, a 36-17 win over the Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback Tom Brady through 384 yards as the four-time champions won the AFC Championship game, their ninth consecutive victory. They are now going to face the Atlanta Falcons in Houston on February the 5th after they thrashed the Green Bay Packers 44-21 to reach their second Super Bowl. New England are attempting to win their fifth NFL title with Brady at quarterback and Bill Belichick as coach with the uh, latter's seventh appearance in a Super Bowl. It'll be a record for a head coach. That's his sports news. You're listening to Sport on SAFM, the next best thing to being at the game. SFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Let's start by heading all the way to Gabon, where we catch up with multiple award-winning journalists. And uh, last year, a man who received the Steve Tretter Lifetime Achievement Award at the SA Sports Awards, the legendary Thomas Quenaita. Thomas, thanks for joining us. Good evening. Good evening, uh, Dwayne, and uh, thanks for the compliments. <laughs> always, always have to, uh, always have to uh, uh, be honest with the listeners, and indeed, you you are a very distinguished character in the in the journalism world. But Thomas, you're in Gabon. I mean, one of the one of the aspects that that I think many were most displeased about outside of Gabon was the fact that Gabon, as hosts, are out of the tournament in the group stages. But what sense do you get in terms of affecting the crowds and the atmosphere? in the country? Um, look, um, Dwayne, uh, naturally a lot of spectators at the stadium were very, very disappointed, deeply disappointed to say the least, because they expected their country to go through, especially when you consider the number of chances that they created throughout the match against Cameroon. But having said that, this morning when we were walking um, around the streets of um, uh, Libreville, Surprisingly, a lot of people are saying that, um, you know, good riddance. It's a good thing that um, Gabon have been knocked out because in their view, remember they do have a lot of political, economical, as well as social uh, problems that they are facing in this country. And so most of them do feel that um, uh, had, had Gabon been able to progress, um, they... The, the, the president, the president would have been the one who have been able to get all the accolades. And now that the country has been knocked out, then they feel that there's no way that he, that he can bask under the glory of the national team. So in a sense, they feel that um, now that Gabon is out, is good riddance, and uh, hopefully now they will start their protest because now the the, the, the opposition. Uh, 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 the political party here seems to be now urging the people to take up the cudgels and intensify the protest against the government of the day. Well, okay, that is some interesting news, and certainly I think it's uh, not something we, we're going to hear at the end of uh, uh, now, but indeed, you're talking of the social and uh, political climate in the country, but uh, the, the weather conditions, though, have been affecting some of the games. The afternoon kickoffs and evening kickoffs, stark contrasts overall with the temperatures, but what's the weather like in uh, Libreville today? Well, well, in, 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 other, in other days, it, it, it has been sweltering hot, uh, Dwayne, but uh, today, just about an hour ago, it has been pouring. It, it, it's been raining buckets uh, throughout the, the, the country, the, the city here, I beg your pardon. And uh, as it is right now, we are heading to the stadium 
and uh, we've just had rumours that the way it rained, and uh, it will depend on how well the stadium has been built and whether it has the ability to absorb the the water uh, because the pitch the pitch is waterlogged and Camp uh, will have to inspect the pitch and if it's unplayable the game could either be postponed or be played a little later. So we, we hear all sorts of rumors. We'll just have to get to the stadium and see if the game will proceed as planned or it will be postponed to yeah. tomorrow. And I think that's even more interesting because this, this is the uh, final group stage match, which means matches must be played concurrently. So I think there's plenty to deb- debate that might go into that. But it is a big match for Zimbabwe tonight. What do they need as, as the Southern African representatives to advance to the, uh, the quarterfinals? Look, Dwayne, they have to rediscover the form they displayed against Algeria in their opening game. No doubt about that. Because if they can't, then they are definitely packing their bags and going home. If you remember against Algeria, I mean, they played, they played very freely. They, they, with so much confidence, and they attacked um, Algeria from the way go. But we all know they committed two silly mistakes, and then they allowed Algeria back into the game. But against Senegal, I, I mean... Senegal completely outmuzzled them, outplayed them, and dominated them throughout. They, they were just not in the game at all um, against Senegal. It was just a completely different Zimbabwe that took place against Zimbabwe. But they know today they cannot afford to make any mistake. They have to go out there and stop being conservative. They just have to go out there and, and, and fight fire with fire and at least grab something out of this. Because not, not even a draw is sufficient enough for them to progress to the next round. So they have to win at all costs today. Yeah, it is a tough group when you consider that Senegal has already qualified and uh, Tunisia, Algeria and Zimbabwe fighting for that one remaining place. But overall, Thomas, I mean, you, you've been watching all the teams uh, and watching these four teams live at the venues, of course. But which teams have impressed you the most in Gabon so far? Well, in patches, I think, I think, um, when you look at, uh, Zimbabwe, their opening game was just simply fantastic. Uh, as well, in their first game, they were just, just brilliant. However, they faded. You could see they lack experience at this level. And then they faded in their second and last game. But, um, Senegal, you've got to give them credit. They, they did what was expected of them. And, um, and, uh, they, they, little wonder they qualified uh, with a game to spare. So for me, Senegal has been uh, the team so far. Ivory Coast, I'm afraid, they haven't really got out of their of their stride yet. And uh, Cameroon, I think Cameroon just did what they had to do in order to qualify for the next round, but it was close, very, very close. For me so far, up to this stage, Senegal has been the team for me. Ah, oh, yeah, which uh, which bodes well for Senegal, I suppose, in the 2018 FIFA World Cup qualifiers. But what, what do you think the performance at this tournament tells you about what Bafana Bafana needs to do in their three games between that meeting with Senegal uh, to be able to stand a chance of going to Russia 2018? I think I think if Bafana Bafana want to go to Russia, I think they don't have to be afraid. They they need to go. Uh, to Dakar and believe that they definitely can get something out of that game. And uh, because one other thing about Bafana Bafana, you will recall, uh, Dwayne, that against against Nigeria in Nigeria they were leading two 0 but mm-hmm. then they fell asleep and allowed Nigeria back into the game. It happened again when they had Cameroon on the back foot, and then again they. You know, they went to sleep for the second time, and Cameroon came back to snatch a draw against Burkina Faso. They scored with one. I, I beg your pardon, seven minutes remaining. You know, 
any other top team or a team that has matched intelligence would have closed the, the game completely. But they, again, they allowed Burkina Faso back into the game. So it is up to Bafana to, to, to raise their game a notch. When they play these crucial matches, especially when they are away from home, they need to know when to attack. They need to know when to slow down the game. They need to know when to close shop completely. So these are some of the things that they need to learn. And if they can just raise their game a little bit, just a notch higher, I'm sure if they go to Senegal and, and, and believe that they can get something out of this game, I'm sure nothing can stop them from going to, to Russia. Thomas, one country. Is it going to be Algeria, Tunisia or Zimbabwe that advances with uh, Senegal? I would like to see Zimbabwe going, really, uh, close, simply because of the close proximity that we have, the borders that we share with Zimbabwe. But after watching Tunisia dismantle Algeria, mm, I'm a little bit scared for Zimbabwe. I just feel that out of Algeria, Tunisia, and Zimbabwe, um, Tunisia might just, just, just go through. If I have to take... Um, the performance they, they, they displayed against Algeria. However, football has always always showed us that it has that unpredictability about it, Dwayne. And um, I wouldn't be surprised if Zimbabwe turn on the heat against the North Africans. And if they give us the same performance they dished out against Algeria, then, then for me, Algeria are completely out because <laughs> you know, there's no way that they can you know, get it right against Senegal. For me, it's between Tunisia and Zimbabwe. And on the day, it will, de- it will, it, it will be up to which, which country wants it the most. Well, we, we certainly uh, are firmly behind the Southern African representatives in Zimbabwe. With Thomas Granaiti, thank you for your insights and views tonight, and enjoy the game. Thank you very much, Dwayne. All the best. This is Sport on SAFM, every supporter's greatest resource. SFM, South Africa's news and information leader. It is 17 minutes to 7 on SFM as uh, we continue talking the Africa Cup of Nations. Delighted to say uh, on this day where we focus on Group B and an opportunity for Zimbabwe along with uh, Algeria and Tunisia trying to sneak into the quarterfinals alongside Senegal who already guaranteed their position in the last eight of this tournament. We've got uh, one of the analysts who's been doing the analysis on uh, SABC1 and brilliantly so I might add, former Vitz Chief Sundowns, Swallows uh, player man who also spent some time playing in Denmark Mark at Aris, just a Gladys in studio. Justin, thanks for joining us. Good thanks evening. for having me. What up, what up, what up? Are you enjoying your time as an analyst on television? <laughs> yeah, um, after spending, what, six months away from football, not even watching it or whatever. I mean, uh, after doing it the first time I did it, I was like, you know what, I can do this. So I'm actually enjoying it. Enjoying it. And yeah. the feedback's been good. I mean, the feedback has, has been very good. People are enjoying your analysis. Because yeah, yeah. you've got that player perspective. But you also yeah. got a fun attitude. You know what you're talking about as well. You, so you yeah. combine a lot of elements. Yeah, I realize, like, you know, I always, like, you know, seeing people on TV, I'm thinking, ah, okay, it's easy. There's a whole <laughs> lot of research behind that. You know, you need to know all your players by name. And I, I was one of those players that just used to go play against somebody I don't even know their name. So, like, now I have to know every player by name. <laughs> You know, ways playing, you know, which, which leg is using and all those type of things. Uh, but you know, I'm enjoying it, man. I, uh, I never thought that, you know, I'd be doing this, you know, after football. 
And this is, uh, yeah, this is a great opportunity, but you really are doing well. But what, what have you made then? Let's just, let's start with the, you know, with Gabon going out of this competition. I think that, that is something that I asked uh, Thomas Kuneita about as well and listening to what, what he had to say. Yeah. I, I mean, in terms of affecting the country, it's always going to be a big thing. We, we both lived through 2010 yeah. FIFA World Cup, South yeah. Africa going out in the, in the group stages as well. Didn't really affect the, the World Cup in a sense because so many people that live in South Africa have this cosmopolitan view. They love the football and indeed they love several other countries, whether it's Spain or England or Ghana or yeah, yeah. What, whatever country they were supporting. In Gabon, that's not quite the case. Do you fear for the, 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 the lack of audiences and attendance? Yeah. At the As it is, you find like, what, 500 fans in the Well, yeah, <laughs> except when fans? Gabon was playing. Yes, that's right. It's man, so now you can imagine after like uh, Gabon just like, got knocked out. So I think it might be a whole lot of worse. We just hope that people always keep on supporting and all of that. But just seeing the stadiums being so empty has just been a huge disappointment. And obviously, like, you know, uh, the government obviously going, you know, uh, being part of this as well, I think FIFA might not be impressed. You know what I mean? I, 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 it's not a good picture for Africa, as it is. You know, like you know, a lot of play, a lot of countries wanna obviously like you know uh, promote this Afcon and all of that. I think you know it's, it's going to be difficult for a lot of uh, small countries in the future to get like uh, uh, this Afcon uh, playing at their countries. Yeah, uh, talking of that though, I mean, yeah. this is an opportunity for many players to showcase the talent and skill uh, for 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 the big boys, so to speak, those yeah. that play already for the bigger clubs in Europe to yeah. to bring back and 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 shine on the the continental stage, and then of course for for players who are some without a club and others playing for countries that are perhaps not as recognised as a yeah. Senegal or a Ghana to showcase their abilities and get signed. Have Have you been impressed by by certain individuals? And, and I mean, have any, has anybody sort of stood out for you? Ah, um, I think Zim for me, the first game that Zim played against uh, yeah. Algeria for me, like for me, you, you could just, just see the boys just wanted to go out there and, and enjoy football. And I, I just don't know what happened the second game. You know, it seems like they, they kind of like lost it. You know, they were just in a, another world, in a different world when they played against Senegal. They were just up, outplayed. But um, for me, uh, Billiard, most of the players from, from, from Zim actually, like they just impressed me a lot. Uh, and I'll give, it, I'll give them credit to that. Has it been good for, for, for the tournament to, to see some of the, the bigger names like Sadio Mane pitching up and playing well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean most of the time you, you find a lot of players from Europe that, that are doing well in their uh, respective teams in Europe. And they, they come to uh, Africa and they don't do that well. And then I think it's, this is one of the, those t- tournaments where you see like all these big players just turning up. You know, just just like you know, showing except the, last yeah. night with Aubameyang, what happened? <laughs> two goals in two games, and yeah, then he misses yeah, yeah. a he tap got, in. He got, yeah, he got two sitters, and he could just couldn't oh. finish that. And he's been just scoring from the first game, and when 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 it has to count the most, then he doesn't score. He doesn't help the team. But you know, it happens. That's just football for you. You know, you never so you never say you know because you're a good player, you're gonna go out there and everything's gonna go well for you. That's that's just football for you. Yeah, there are times though when you when you sit and you think. If you were wearing a Borussia Dortmund jersey, <laughs> would you have missed that effort? Uh-huh. No, no. And no. I don't think anybody believes you, know, you would have missed there. that effort. <laughs> you know, it's the boss there. You know, every time, I think he just loves playing against those German players. German players, you know, he just outruns them. You know, he's, he's quick. He's a quick player, skillful and all of that. And, uh, I mean, it's just unfortunate. You know, you can't actually, like, also, like, forget everything that he's done up until that day. Exactly. You know, he's, he's still a great player. And, obviously, him, obviously, missing these chances is probably, like, you know, 
never he had like a sleepless night yesterday. He probably didn't sleep because of that. This I think the the worst part is I mean behind the scenes talk I can tell you as well is uh, is always very different to, to well not always but it's sometimes very different to what you actually hear uh, and sometimes the directions of, of studio talk and and what goes on behind the scenes and yes. certainly with you know from a player's perspective yeah. what goes in the change room doesn't doesn't yeah. go out into into uh, into the media into television etc etc yeah. but in terms of, of uh, Pierre Emerick or Mayang, for example, here's a player who they're talking about 70 million euros yeah. for for this player. Now, every time they talk 70 million euro Dortmund, somebody's going to come up and show that miss. Exactly, that's what it is. But uh, and uh, <laughs> it's going to be one of those moments that's going to come back and haunt him. I fear. No, but you've seen a lot of good players missing, like you know, chances that you know that they're just going to be. In the goals, you know, like it happens. The best players have missed penalties and this and that. You know, we forget about them. They carry on. But the, the beautiful thing about football, you've got the next game to prove that your your quality, that you can still do it. You know, that's a beautiful thing about football. Yeah, it's just I find it remarkable though with uh, with, uh, with Gabon the way they, the, you know, if you look at the the, the events or the matches they played at home, yeah. if you go back to 2012 where they co-hosted and you go to 2017, Gabon have played seven matches on home soil in the Africa Cup of Nations. They're undefeated in those seven matches, yeah. but they've been knocked out of, of, of two <laughs> competitions. So it's 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 interesting to see how how they've been uh, been eliminated from this competition. But people were. Let's focus on Group B for a moment. I mean, people were talking about Group B as the group of death. Um, others were suggesting that Group D might have been the group of yeah. death. But certainly, Senegal, Algeria, Tunisia, and Zimbabwe, who to to many have been regarded as minnows, but yeah. uh, but to others were a potential banana peel to so many. And I think Algeria learned that on the opening yeah. day. But h- how did you view Group B over the the opening two matches? Group B for me, I think it was one of those groups that I was excited to kind of like be part of. Mm. You know, I mean, uh, Zim was like the underdogs, but they've proven that, you know, we, 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 we're not that easy to play. And you've got Algeria, that's got one of the best players in Africa and also the best player in uh, the Premier League, the English Premier League. And you've got uh, Senegal, that's just like got all these big boys, you know what I mean? Uh, and also you've got like Tunisia, that's always, you know, it's always like a struggle to play against. And and, and for me, I think uh, they, they're talking about other groups, but Group B for me, I think everybody's going to be watching this group today. And there's there's a thing also. Senegal is already qualified, and you've got these three teams that can, all of them, they can they can qualify at the end of the yeah. day because you've got Tunisia. If they win, they can still qualify. You got uh, uh, Zimbabwe that can also qualify, and also Algeria if they can beat. Uh, Senegal, yeah. they've beat, they've beat uh, Senegal eight times before. That's right. I mean, this is a side that actually has a really good record <laughs> against Senegal, yeah. indeed. So, yeah. So, so anybody can qualify at the end of the day. So I'm excited to actually see that game happening tonight. And it's it's, it's exciting to watch an Algerian side that, that pitches up, though, because that's the problem yeah. with the North African side. You, yeah. You're never really sure which side is going to pitch up sometimes. But we've seen it with Morocco. We've seen it with Tunisia. Now, certainly Algeria at this tournament again, yeah. where they've got the names. I mean, when if if <laughs> just, just imagine you've got Brahimi, Slimani, you've got, and we we talk about the yeah, man, yeah. Mares. Mares. I yeah. mean, if they all come to the party, for example, at the same time, they could do something magnificent. You saw that the last, okay, the last, uh, the second game they didn't do that well. They played, I think, the last five minutes. Yeah. And they scored a goal. It was a 2-1. But imagine if they played the whole 90 minutes, what could have happened? And then I'm just disappointed in like Slimani. For me, Slimani hasn't like you know done that well for me. Yeah. You know, obviously Maris did play well the first game. You know, yeah, he's he outstanding. Yes, absolutely. You know? And then like we just hope that like today 
everybody's just going to I mean it's, it's crunch time for them they know that if you don't do well they're going back home so they're just going to I think uh, hopefully like you know they'll come out, uh, out there and like you know show th- uh, their quality but, yeah, but I think they can do it aside from Algeria's superior record over Senegal as well the fact that Senegal I mean Cissé has admitted that he he said he might make a few changes uh, we, we, we heard about <laughs> yeah, rotation yeah, yeah, yeah. you know that he's going to yeah. be playing a couple of players that uh, get more of the players involved in the squad because two games from two you've won them both no problems Easy qualify. There's no stress for uh, for him. If, As a coach, wouldn't you want to keep that record? Well, you 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 want to keep a winning record. I mean, they went six from six in the the qualifiers. Exactly. is a born winner. That's his mentality. Yeah, yeah. But in terms of creating chances, if you do make too many changes, I suppose it gives Algeria an extra opportunity in this, this game as well, which yeah. doesn't necessarily bode well for Tunisia and and, uh, and Zimbabwe in that count either. I think I think like you know, uh, chop chop and changing uh, players in in tournaments is 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 is, is long news, like you know, old news, you know. So I think for me, I don't see him changing any players, and I, I think he's still going to go out there wanting to win this game, want to finish with the bang of his top of the group, and you know, you're going to avoid all other top. Uh, uh, top teams if you finish first you know so you're going to play with the second uh, the runners up of the other groups and all of that so I think for for me I don't see him like changing changing the team at all and then it, and obviously as a, as, as, as a winner he would want to keep that record yeah. going you know because obviously if, I mean you're playing against Algeria that you know that your record against them is not that good are you going to take any chances I don't think so Six minutes to seven on SFM, South Africa's news and information leader, Dwayne DeLocker, talking to uh, Joste Dladla, the uh, uh, now TV analyst, uh, but a man who, who certainly paid his dues on the uh, football pitches over the years. But Joste, let, let's, talk about, let's talk about Zimbabwe now, because th- there is some sentiment involved for, for South Africans. They, they would love to see Zimbabwe, many South Africans would love to see Zimbabwe advancing, and there is still an outside chance. But we've spoken about the fact that they... They played a magnificent game against Algeria. Perhaps unlucky to, to lose out on three points in opening day, yeah. but then capitulated against Senegal. How do they get themselves back now to playing the type of football they were playing against Algeria when they meet Tunisia? Hopefully Musson is back. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully Musson is back. We don't You're saying <laughs> rely on a player. No. I, I think, I think, I think uh, uh, for me, Billiard was like yeah. isolated, you know, uh, with Moisa, uh, yeah. you know. So I think if... Uh, Musona coming back is going to help them going forward, you know. And I just think for them, if they just go out there and like play the game, play their game, and stop like you know thinking about other things and just being themselves and just enjoying the game, they can do well, you know. And 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 for me, I mean, just just looking at like there's a lot of South African base players that are playing mm-hmm. in that in that national team, and it just shows you the quality that we have in South Africa. You know what I mean? If 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 the players, South African players, can actually realize and be taken serious, and a lot of you can see that mm-hmm. if there's a lot of teams that have South African based players doing well for their individual uh, uh, teams in national in in in, in a in a national in. At Afcon, then you can imagine what we can do as well if we believe in ourselves. If we get the right structure, we get the right coaches, we choose the right players. South Africa can do it as well. In terms of Tunisia, though, I mean, this is yeah. a side that. Defensively, they, they, they've looked a little woeful in, in, in Afghans, and they haven't had great defence going back now, possibly the last 10 years, maybe a dozen years or so. I mean, they, they had that great team that won the 2004 Nations Cup and then went to the 20, 2006 World, World Cup as well, where they, where they looked great. I mean, they were leading Spain for 75-odd minutes in that game until... Torres suddenly came right right at the end and uh, yeah, it was, yeah, it was one of those matches but um, that Tunisian side the defence was rock solid, this is yeah. a very different side and you, you look at that record and you're saying, this is a Tunisian side that their last match 
was uh, was was one of the few where they looked defensively solid for at least 80 minutes of the game. But this is still a side that's failed to keep a clean sheet in, what, 13 of their last 14 games in all AFCONs. So you get a sense that Zimbabwe will at least get a exactly. sniff. Exactly. Because when you, when you look at it, most of these teams that are playing there, it's the, these are the teams that they've been, they've been trying to build them for, from the last five years. Last five years. So yeah. these are the youngsters like that were promoted from the under-21, under-20 squad. So they kind of like still trying to get used to this, like, you know, pressure and all of that. You know, they're going to make mistakes. You know, you, you, you can't take that away from them. But at the same time, if you let them play, they will hurt you. You know, so those type of teams that you let them play, they'll hurt you. But if you attack them, they can't. They don't know how to handle that pressure coming at them. I've got to ask you this, because many, many people debate the, 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 um, the difference between players who are based overseas and players who are based domestically and how... They, they work as a, as a squad and how cohesive the units tend to be. Uh, because Tunisia, for example, traditionally you have a lot of home-based players and they, they, play, they play fairly well. A lot of North African sides, Egypt, yeah. one with almost exclusively Egyptian-based players, yeah. three consecutive Africa Cup of Nations, for example. Yeah. Whereas Côte d'Ivoire had one domestically-based player in a squad of 23 yeah. who didn't see any action yeah. and they won the last Africa Cup of Nations. And uh, The West African sides tend to have a lot of European-based players. Yeah. But, but in terms of playing both in South Africa and, and, and somebody who's, who's played in Europe before as well, what is that dynamic like, and is it, is it, is it something that you need to find a balance for? I mean, uh, playing in Europe, European players, they take their jobs seriously. I mean, you look at uh, players that every training session, they're there an hour before. You're having your breakfast. You're already in gym before the coach. 30 minutes before the coach comes in onto the pitch, you're already on the pitch waiting for him. So that's the mentality that they have. And now, you, you have South African players that uh, they, five minutes before training, they're still driving in into the clubhouse to go change. You know what I mean? After training, most of these players, like, you know, some of them don't even take a shower, jump into your car, they leave. You know, some of these international players, after training, they're still going to do extra work and go to gym mm-hmm. and work out and still have lunch and relax. You know, so, so it's, it's all about the mentality that we're having as individuals. If, are we going to take our game seriously, you know, or are we just going to take it as one of those, like, you know, paydays or whatever. So it's, it's a mentality from the players and the seriousness from the players and the seriousness from the owners of the clubs as well. You know, uh, obviously, giving these boys the setup and obviously uh, the clubhouses that are proper for them to kind of like come there and spend the whole day there. I well, think. Yeah. well, in terms of uh, dynamic, it's always interesting to see how the coaches manage it. But I think Alois has done an amazing job at Senegal and the way he's managed yeah. to change the uh, the fortunes of the side and the way he's changed that entire environment for the players as well and managed the egos. How he's done that, impressive. But just a little, listen, speaking of impressive, I think your uh, TV uh, displays have been fairly impressive, and I'm hoping to walk catch you tonight. <laughs> You're going on air uh, for a 9 o'clock kick-off, I think it's around half past 8 tonight. On yeah, yeah, we're well. doing 9 o'clock, it's kick, kick-off is 9 o'clock, we're yeah. doing the Zim and uh, Tunisia game, and obviously we'll be doing uh, the Senegal and uh, Algeria as well, so yeah, Fantastic. yeah you must watch it. Shoot well, on. enjoy, uh, enjoy it, thanks for joining us. Uh, th- thanks, thanks for having me as well. Okay, just a load of it. That's all we've got time for tonight. Now, Lady Mulera is up after the uh, news of the talk shop, but don't go anywhere. Uh, from the team tonight, Siobhan Chetty and me, Dwayne DeLocker, have a lovely evening. Cheers. It's 7 o'clock.